And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgy and Gray. Yeah, how are you, lads? Morning. How are you? I'm running. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Thanks very much. A bit groggy. I was out on the beers after the Newcastle-Chelsea game yesterday, but uh, feeling fresh as a fucking daisy this morning, leg. We had to celebrate, didn't we? Well, yeah. It's nice to have something to celebrate for once, isn't it, on a Saturday? <laughs> uh, I'm starting to get used to it a bit more now, though. Fucking hell. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, really important questions, as usual. Hodgy, pizza or pasta? Uh, pizza. Because I'm a fatty at heart. Well, Give me that cheese. <laughs> you can't get cheese and pastas. <laughs> Great, same question to you. Pizza and pasta? I'd, I'd, I'd probably go pizza as well. Oof. Okay, well, I'm going to be the odd one out. I'm going to go pasta, um, having just come from Italy. But, you know, I don't want to talk about that too much. don't want to brag. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, what's your favourite pizza, Hodge? Actually, let me ask a different question. Yeah. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. If I don't have to pay for it, yeah. What? Like if if someone orders for the table and there's a one that like if they're like oh I like ham and pineapple I'm not gonna go like no I'll eat it I'll eat some of it but I won't order it for myself if that makes sense you couldn't you you wouldn't knowingly spend your money on pineapple on pizza yes whereas Gray you were just straight in there with yes one of the best pizzas that I ever had had pineapple on it it was like pepperoni and chili infused pineapple and it was unreal. I'd highly recommend that it. does actually sound quite good. How do you do a spicy pineapple? Don't you? Wouldn't you have that on your pizza? Uh, a day on my barbecue. Yeah, it could work. I suppose it could work. Yeah, look at us go. We're going to start a restaurant soon. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm partial to a bit of pineapple on pizza. I quite like savoury and sweet together. There you go. Who gives a shit? Uh, well, I'm so glad we've learned a bit about each other, a bit more about each other. Always learning. One thing Hodge reminded me to do before we really get into it is uh, do the social plugs first, because we're conscious that no one listens to the end of this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so before we get into it, we'd really appreciate it if you give us a follow on Spotify and all of our other podcasting platforms. So you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Acast, etc., etc. If you give us a follow, a five-star review if you feel so obliged. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. Find us on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast. That's all that shite out the way. Let's get into the good stuff. So, on Sunday, the 11th of November, we'll find ourselves third 
in the Premier League table, having just beaten Chelsea 1-0 at home. Um, I think, Gray, you were saying before, we're unbeaten in 10 fucking games. Um, how many wins have we got on the bounce? Let me just have a quick look here. One, two, three, four, five wins on the bounce. Um, prior to that, we've drawn 0-0 Man United, and then two wins prior to that. So out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, we've won seven. Not bad at what all. What the fuck is, is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, what the fuck is going on? It just seems every time we come and record, it gets more and more positive. But unbelievable run of results. I guess if we talk about Chelsea, as it's the most fresh on our minds, and Newcastle correspondent Gray was at the match yesterday. Gray, I don't know if you want to kick us off a little bit. But probably, first of all, the atmosphere just felt palpable through the fucking television screen. How was the atmosphere there yesterday? It was unreal. I think the only game I could possibly compare it to that I've been to was when the takeover happened and we played Everton uh, last season. And the place was just shaking. It was... It's just so noisy. Everyone was just chanting along, and you could just feel the the excitement and just yeah, just the passion is back, and it was just unreal to be there, like goosebumps, like all well ninety nine minutes of football which was played. Yeah, it's just unbelievable to be there and be a part of it. Twelfth man effect. Uh, yeah, well, we were playing against fourteen men, so I think we uh, we added at least two. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's about fourteen this fifteen. Yesterday. <laughs> I think uh, for anyone also that's um, having a bit of trouble understanding Gray, he is recording uh, using a Coke can today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think your your very professional microphone is packed in, hasn't it, Gray? And you're having to record directly into the, the laptop. I am, yeah. I think my dog chewed the cable very kindly. Don't so, blame yeah. it on Enzo. Don't blame it on Enzo. <laughs> it's been a consistent problem throughout. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could tell as well, Hodge, but just through this screen... It just seemed like it was the noisiest it's been in a long time. Um, the fans were just really behind us, and that's kind of what got us over the line. Hundred mm, percent. I was I was at a kind of bar slash snooker club watching it yesterday, um, <laughs> and even people like were saying like, "Look at the flag display!" Like people that aren't Newcastle fans, like having just to watch the football in the in the evening kind of games. They were just like, "That that looks class!" Like that's different gravy. So while getting noticed, and it was palpable through the TV, one hundred percent, like it was great. Uh, you must be quite pleased, Hodgie. It, although there's a sense of delaying the inevitable in that Miggy didn't score yesterday. Um, <laughs> for those of our regular listeners, obviously Hodgie and I made a bet last time we recorded that if Miggy gets 10 goals, 10 Premier League goals this season, Hodgie will be getting a Newcastle United shirt with Miggy on the back of it. Um, but he was still very closely involved, picking up the assist. I don't think he intended to pick up the assist, but if we talk about the one goal in the game, so obviously we beat Chelsea 1-0, Joe Willock with a very, very good goal. Great run of play. I mean, that pass from Joe Linton over the top, then Miggy turns Koulibaly inside out, comes in, shaping up to take the shot. He's like, is he going to shoot? Is he going to shoot? Is he going to shoot? Willock makes the decision for him, smashes it past Mendy, and it's 1-0. I mean, what did you think of the goal, Gray? It was world-class, wasn't it? Let's be real. It was just an unreal strike, hit with pace, bent it around the keeper like Mendy had no chance. And Mendy's a very good shot stopper as well. To score a goal of that class against Chelsea was uh, was huge. And just pleased with Willock because he's obviously had a bit of a, a tough time, I think, uh, especially on the goal front after scoring seven and seven at the back end of, well, yeah, the back end of when we brought him in. On, on his own. loan season, yeah. yeah. Was, um, a couple of seasons ago now, wasn't it? Back end of the season before this one, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I think it's a really good point. That's that's two and two for Willock now. Do you think it's come at the wrong time? I mean, is he is he hitting form just as we're about to go to the World Cup, or do you think he can carry that on after the World Cup, Hodge? There's no wrong time to start scoring goals, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> good point. <laughs> He's obviously being a very dangerous player for us and he's he's very direct, which is what I like as well. It means he just takes the game by the scruff of his neck and wants to take people on, which I think is quite a good thing, especially if we don't have people like, say, ASM playing on, on the day. He's he's a good outlet for, for driving forward and trying to regain some pace for us in the game. So there's no kind of right or wrong time to be kind of scoring goals and before or after the World Cup. I don't really think it's going to matter too much because we were doing really well at the end of last season. We had the whole summer off, so having only four weeks or five weeks or whatever it is, it shouldn't Six really weeks, affect yeah. us too much, I wouldn't have thought. But I mean, as obviously the, the commentator's curse there is going to probably not help us <laughs> going yeah. forward after, after they woke up. I think with uh, with Willock, the thing is, obviously, all the focus has been on Bruno and Joe Linton, hasn't it? It's just allowed him to just get on with his game. Mm. He's He's been a bit of peripheral character in terms of attention um, looking at the squad. But, you know, he's he's just been badgering away, been working hard. His pace on the ball is unbelievable. I can't believe how quickly he moves with the ball at his feet. It's brilliant. So, yeah, really pleased for him to get the to get what was the, the game-deciding goal yesterday. But the standout performers, I would say the man-mountain that is Sven Botman. He just... He was unbelievable with, yesterday. He just dealt with everything. He was just an absolute brick wall. I mean, you know, they all put a shift in, but Botman in particular was just unpassable. You, no one was getting past him. No one was getting anything away from him. I mean, Hodge, do you think he's unlucky not to be going to the World Cup with the Netherlands? 100%. Their, their kind of defensive line at the minute is is looking quite strong. Like you've got Virgil. It is, isn't it? And um, I think uh, Delict as well and Ake and like very good players, but I think he's he's very unlucky to get in that squad because he has been very good for us and you haven't really need to notice him, which I don't think is is a like a bad thing. I think it's a really good compliment for centre backs if you don't notice them because it just means they're doing their job very, very well. Yeah. There's no there's no blame going towards them there. So he'll be feeling hard done by, I reckon. Yeah, I think uh you don't want to be talking about your centre halves, do you? You just want them to be getting on and dealing with stuff, which they do. Another clean sheet, another clean sheet for Nick Pope as well, um, who is going to the World Cup. Gray, who were the standout performers for you yesterday? Well I think you just mentioned him Botman was he was just a different class, just the awareness he's got of the game, just his strength is just a different class. I think, yeah, across the back line, I think Trippier probably didn't have his best game, but then no. did make a, uh, he gave the ball away in the second half. And I think that resulted in Gallagher having a shot, but then he did recover really well to, uh, to make a kind of a last ditch tackle. Well, he did really well. I think he picked the ball off Havertz, didn't he? When he yeah, Havertz he did, in the, yeah. or whoever it was, it was in the box. But then, yeah, you're right. I think he passed it out, or it ended up with with Gallagher, who then took that shot, which Popey dealt with. Fantastic save that, by the way. Like really good. Not had to do much for a while, and then just managed to pull that out. You're like, Phew. yeah, it was a good hype for him. But I think just in general, Gray, I don't know if you agree, but like it seemed like all of the game was being played in Chelsea's half. They just didn't look dangerous at all. Um, there were a few kind of slightly nervy points like the Gallagher shot, but really not much to, to call out. We we were all over them, and I'm surprised to see, looking at the stats now, that they had more possession than us. So Chelsea had 52% possession. It just felt like the whole game was being played in and around Chelsea's box. As you say, I think possession is possibly the wrong stat to look at for that game. I think if you look at territory, I know it's not necessarily a thing we talk about in football. It's probably more of a rugby terminology territory. But yeah, like you say, it was all in their half. and. 
yeah, we did extremely well. Just the, the pressing from, we talk about the defence and how good they've been. The pressing from the forward line of midfield was just on point. Like they were playing five at the back and trying to pass the ball out from goal kicks and things like that. And we were on them straight away. Like I think we've got to give some credit to Chris Wood for that as well. He he was just relentless in his pressing. And Chases then, everything, doesn't he? And you always say when you're playing in a team sport, your pressing comes from that person who's furthest up the pitch. And he's he's a player, I think, gets a little bit of criticism for not scoring goals. But actually, the work he put in yesterday off the ball was ridiculous. And it's the same for all our players. You look at the amount of ground they cover. You usually look at your long staffs, your middies, your Joel Intons. They probably cover the most ground in the, in the game, regardless of who we're playing. If not even yeah. probably over the entire weekend of football, they're everywhere. They're just absolute machines. But yeah, every, everyone was on it. Yeah, and I was pleased to see Chrissy Wood get his goal against Southampton last week as well. He took that took that really well. I think we were definitely missing Callum Wilson, though. I think in terms of end product yesterday, apart from the goal, there wasn't really that much to talk about. Um, things for me kind of were falling down a little bit in the final third, and there wasn't really the quality of, of end ball. I don't think Bruno had his best game ever which is obviously okay to talk about when you win the game and it's in hindsight and it's positive but I don't think he had his his best game I think Joe Linton had a really good game but Bruno I don't think was was on fire um, unless you disagree he didn't have a best game against Southampton as well so as part of me wondering about because he's just had a, a kid a couple well, he of weeks ago, that, he scored he? that fourth goal didn't he he scored that fourth goal that was really good against Southampton yeah it was a hell of a finish but still like just during the game he didn't seem to playing his normal world-class self. And I just wonder if it's he's just had got a bit of fatigue because of his newborn child. So maybe that's kind of just feeding in a little bit. But I still think he's he's unbelievable to watch. <laughs> he really is. His little wee baby. What is it, Matteo? I think so, yeah. Great feeling around the club at the minute. I mean, nosebleed territory. We, we keep saying, I think we've got, what, the second or third best Positive goal difference in the league now. I think 18 goals. Positive. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. So Man City, Arsenal, then us. We're on 30 points. Obviously, Tottenham breathing down our necks. Would have been really good for Leeds to do us a favour yesterday and, and beat Spurs. But a bit of a gap emerging quite comfortably between fourth and fifth. So you've got Tottenham on 29, us on 30. Then in fifth, you've got Man United on 23 points. So... We're seven points ahead of Man United in fifth and eight points ahead of Liverpool in sixth. Do we think, Hodge, that we can do this? Do we think we can secure ourselves at a Champions League spot? It's obviously very still early days, but we're approaching that halfway point of the season. Do you think we can do it? Would it be nice? Yeah. Should we? Um, I don't know because our squad depth is is not the best. I mean, obviously, we've got January to, to sort that and then potentially next year, um, we've got the summer in between, but it would be fantastic as long as we can keep this run going and and keep the momentum up. And twelfth man in the in the stadium, I think the world is literally our oyster at the minute. Like it's it's unbelievable to think that last year at this point we still hadn't had a win, and now we're sitting third in the table with like mm. only one loss. Like how how magical is that for for us on time side? It's absolutely yeah, crazy, unbelievable. I mean, is it comfortable sitting on the fence or? Would you like a cushion? Or? <laughs> yeah, it's never comfortable, but I, I never want like I, I, like I say to most people, I just still feel like I'm absolutely dreaming. Like I'm just taking this like one game at a time and seeing seeing how far we can go. I don't really want to 
jinx, jinx anything it or anything. Saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to be top three by the end of the season. Anything can happen. Like I know we'll get onto it, but we've got a World Cup. But players going, are they going to come back injured? That's going to be the biggest thing for us, I think. Yeah, the Prem table this season's a bit mad. You look at where some teams are, like West Ham doing so well last season. Now they're 16th in the league this season. Got Brighton up in 7th. You just can't predict this league, can you? I mean, Gray, let's maybe repurpose the question. Where would you be happy with us finishing based on the start we've made this season? Well, I was just going to mention that we all came to this season kind of with a lot of hope that we're going to do well finishing the top half. But now I feel that hope is almost turning to expectation that we will finish in a European spot whether we cling on to Champions League or not I don't know that would be a very tough ask and I think we're in a very fortunate position and a lot of the league managers I think Pep came out and said it the other day and even Graham Potter said it yesterday that we're in a lucky position where we're playing one game a week once we hopefully we go on a bit of a cup run which may throw a few more games into the mix but we're competing with the likes of Chelsea, Man United. Uh, like well, not Arsenal, but like Liverpool, they're all playing in Europe already. And you look at someone like Chelsea. Chelsea have got quite a few injuries, and they got quite a poor squad when you consider a Chelsea squad from years gone by. So actually, I think why not dream big? I mean, we'll probably be a year ahead of schedule according to our new owners' plans. But and there. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why not? Let's give it a, a proper go. So thanks for that. Quite a good politician's answer that. Just to get to the core of that, where would you be happy with us finishing? I'd say we've got to be finishing in the top six from where we are. I'd really hope we finish in the top four, given the former in. The, I think beating Chelsea and Spurs, we've made some real big statements over the top six. And I'd, I'd love us to finish in the top four, realistically, top six, I think. Cool, we'll take that. It's also worth saying, sorry, I should worth caveating, at the time of recording, I mean, Man United have two games in hand, uh, Liverpool have one game in hand, and then you've got Man City and Arsenal above us with one game in hand. Although we're only two points away from Man City currently in second, they do have a game in hand over us. Great, okay, well, that's kind of it on form. You touched on a little bit the cup run and, you know, that congested fixture, Gray. How mad is it to see us win a penalty shootout in a cup competition? It's just unheard of. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, for most English teams, I think, isn't it? But uh, yeah, and I mean, it was a strange penalty shootout, wasn't it? I think, was it three, was it two, three on penalties after five taken each? So it was uh, a very low scoring shootout, but great to see. And I, I still can't get over that. It's the first penalty shootout we've ever won at St. James's Park which is just absolute madness. But well done, Nick Pope, really. I think he uh, pulled off three good saves in perfect time. I know we're going to get onto it perfect time for the World Cup. 
can't seem to do wrong at the minute. I, I can't. I don't know how I'm going to feel when we do eventually and inevitably lose a game. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to process that now because I'm so <laughs> not used to it. Hodge Grace again touched on it there. Obviously, Botman and Guimaraes missing penalties from our side, but that was nullified by the fact Nick Pope had saved three of the five penalties, which is amazing. I don't think they're the best quality penalties in the world, but still they've got to be saved. Well, obviously through the next round of the Carabao Cup against Bournemouth around Christmas time. Those three penalty saves from Nick Pope, I mean, that's going to be very useful in the World Cup, isn't it? Does that edge him? Do you think he should be starting? Should he be England's number one or do you think Pickford still pips it? Big, big boost for him really but in reality it's what Southgate likes and he likes to have people that he can, as he said I think in the past trust. That's how Harry Maguire who's in pretty poor form is, is going to be playing in the World Cup so I think he'll still pick Pickford, I reckon, just because he when he when he does play for England, he does he does step up his game, which is which is weird to see that he doesn't do that for Everton most times on on foot. Personally, for me, I think my number one would be Ramsdale, then Pope, and then then Pickford. But I think yeah, he'll it's it's the way that Southgate does his thing. Uh, he'll just be playing Pickford, I think, from the start. That's a whole different topic, isn't it? This is a Newcastle United podcast, not an England World Cup podcast, but. Some interesting decisions in that squad, not all of which, or most of which I agree with. But to touch on that, there are some that I very much agree with. Callum Wilson making it to the World Cup squad, absolutely fucking chuffed for him. Just hope he doesn't pick up any injuries and it fucks his season for us. Kieran Trippier was always going to go, wasn't he? Probably be England's left back, weirdly, in the World Cup. Southgate seems to like playing him at left back. I mean, Gray deserved call-ups. Absolutely. I think Southgate had a tricky decision on his hands to which striker he was going to take because you've got obviously Wilson who scored plenty of goals. I mean, Tony made a bit of a statement yesterday not getting picked, almost scoring a hat-trick. And Brentford against Man City, yeah, and he probably should have had a hat-trick as well. It's fully deserved. And yeah, it's actually quite nice to be talking of an England squad where we've got so many options and so many players actually doing so well. So, I mean, exciting times. I, I can't help but agree with you with some strange... How the fuck is Harry Maguire going and Dan Burns not? <laughs> Harry Maguire is an interesting one and I bet he gets a start. He's, he'll, be, he'll be one of the first names on the team sheet. Blows my mind. I mean, strangely, I'm not very confident about this competition. I don't think England will be playing very well, but we will see what happens. And hopefully yeah. all, the, all the players from Newcastle go and do, do well and, like you say, come back in one piece, which I know I'm slightly nervous about, Wilson. I know this isn't a World Cup podcast, right? But how underwhelming is this compared to the excitement for the Euros? It's like, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's really mad. I'm just mad. going at this tournament like, uh, okay, I think we're going to do shit. But the Euros was like mental. Everyone was behind it. Like, it's it's such a different dynamic for this one. It's so strange. Is that because the Euros were in England, though? I think so. I think so. That'll be a big part of it, Hodge. But also, like, I did the same thing going into the Euros. I was like, oh, I don't give a shit. I've got no expectations. I found myself screaming the English anthem at the pub in Bermondsey, and I'd bought myself a new England shirt after the first game. You know, it just, it does take over a little bit, doesn't it? As much as I'm sat here going, oh, I'm not excited. I don't give a shit. I'll be, I'll be all in. I reckon, after the first game or whatever. You just can't help yourself. Were you getting some weird looks when you were just screaming the national anthem and no football was on? <laughs> yeah, I still do it now. <laughs> I'll do it before every first pint. <laughs> a bit of a reputation. I think it's a funny one. If we talk about Callum Wilson in particular, and I agree, Gray, I think Tony's unlucky not to go. I think I would have taken Tony just for his penalty-taking ability. The man plays with such confidence... He's exactly the, the person you want to bring on in extra time if we're going to a penalty shootout to take that first peno. His confidence and the way he takes penalties is unbelievable. Anyway, that's another topic, but are we talking about something that's totally irrelevant because Harry Kane's going to be starting every game anyway? I mean, 
Is Wilson going to get any game time, Hodge, do you reckon? Um, I think he'll get some serious minutes and he's there to offer that kind of change-up. I think England will probably be playing, like a depends what game it comes up to, but they'll, they'll be playing Harry Kane as a sole striker and then you'll have probably Foden or Raheem on the, yeah. on the wings or Saka even. So it's going to be an option where 60 minutes in, give him 30 minutes of run out and play two up front. I think he's going to see some see some good game time and it's really good for him because he's, he's been consistently a good player for for a long time now. He's just never been, never stepped up and he has been able to do that in Newcastle and he's been very, very good for us. So I'm just really stoked that he got, he's got picked. I, th- I do think we'll see quite a bit of him though. Gets goals. And I think Trippier will probably play most games, won't he? But it's, as I said, Southgate seems to prefer him it's at left back. He's not even brought into the the right back question, is it? It's always like, is it going to be Trent or is it going to be Reese James? It's because we have about twenty fucking right backs ready to yeah, go. It's been <laughs> mad. None of which can really defend. Yeah. They're all right wing backs, really. But yes, we'll see how we get on in the World Cup. Can't say I'm particularly excited, but I'm very excited for our three lions, Newcastle's three lions. So best of luck to the boys going away to the World Cup. Great, didn't you? Actually, before we move on, didn't you have a, a question you you asked on the WhatsApp group that you were just pied by everyone this week? Yeah, no cheers for responding, lads. But uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was quite a good good question. Um, Actually, that's unfair to Hodge. Hodge did respond and you pied him. Yeah. Yeah, but you got them wrong. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it was quite interesting because talking about Newcastle players, especially English players who play for Newcastle, getting called up to the World Cup got me thinking about who is the last Newcastle player to play for England in a World Cup? I, d- I had a quick think about this at the time and I'm... My initial instinct was to go with Hodge's guess, which was Kieran Dyer. It must have so it's obviously been sooner than Kieran Dyer. Which season yeah, it's was more it? Re- it's more recent than Kieran Dyer. It was the two thousand and six World Cup. Two thousand six. Uh, Scott Parker. Nope. I was racking my brain for anyone for two thousand six, but I just could not pick up anybody. Like two thousand six World Cup Newcastle player. Position. A lot of us forget that he played for Newcastle for good reason as well. Oh, is it Michael Owen? It is, yeah. Michael fucking Owen. Oh, well, thanks for bringing his name up. Thanks for sullying <laughs> this, podcast, this podcast. I can't believe I just mentioned that fucking dickhead's name. <laughs> that bit out, Will. We'll just put a beep over his name. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we do need to start censoring his name. Censor his name and we'll censor Mike Ashley's name. So going forward, we'll just bleep out their names. Fucking uh, good question, though, Gray. I just wish the answer was a bit different. <laughs> well, let's hope this is the start of, of many more England call-ups for, for us. Anyway, yes, moving on. I think in terms of accolades and achievements, Eddie Howe, quite rightly winning Manager of the Month for October, and Miggy Almiron winning both Player of the Month and Goal of the Month for October. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We're living in dreamland at the minute, both very well-deserved, but goal of the month, I think, Hodge, if we go to you, you could have had a pick of the bunch for Miggy's goals, couldn't you? Mm. I can't remember who it was against, but the volley of the outside of his foot was against Palace, I think, maybe. maybe. Was that not Fulham? Yeah, was Fulham, Fulham? that's when he won, that was, wasn't it? That was it. That was a cool little goal, man. Like, honestly, well-deserved. He's absolutely turned his Newcastle career around in, in a space of, like, seven games where he's just been... Well, even from the start of the season, actually, he's been, he's been really, really good and he showed that consistency that he's now been able to do that on multiple occasions, which is absolutely fantastic to see and well-deserved for uh, Player of the Month. I was reading something yesterday about Miggy and apparently Eddie Howe and his team spent a lot of the summer analysing his performances and sat down with him and were basically teaching him the position he needs to get into, where he needs to run, 
and the things he needs to kind of improve on technically in order to kind of create these chances. And I think it this is just huge credit to to how. And I know I've, I've probably I've listened to another podcast where how gave an interview and it was really really interesting and how he basically works to try and get the best out of his players and I think that's a prime example of it yeah for him to just sit down and analyze someone like Miggy's game in such fine detail and say okay you need to start to make these kind of leading runs this is where you need to go and it's actually come to fruition and it's yeah it's just incredible to see how just to sit down and think about something tactically and we knew managers in the past were not a big fan of tactics and analysis just even more credit to how for actually breaking down someone's game in such detail and re- almost reinventing them and it coming good so good to see it's the new style of management isn't it like long gone are the days of your big sams and your fucking steve Bruce. they're just i don't even know what their approach to football management is i couldn't even tell you but the new era of football is heavy analytics Look at the numbers, you know, sports analysts, this really clever side of the game. You know, glad to see we've got someone at the forefront of that as well. I mean, in terms of Miggy as well, so eight goals he's got this season, so two away from Hodgie getting that shirt. I thought he'd be higher up in the scoring charts, but there's quite a few players ahead of him. So you've got Haaland on 18, Kane on 12, Tony on 10, so third best scorer, which kind of highlights why he should have probably gone to the World Cup. And you've got Rodrigo from Leeds and Alexander Mitrovic both on nine. And then Miggy in sixth place on eight goals. Unreal. So, yeah, very well deserved. And the goal he won was was a brilliant goal. But again, that second goal he scored again, what was it, the first one? I can't remember. Against Spurs, where he went on that little mazy run and then finished under, I think it might be the second, under Lloris. It's probably a contender as well. I was at a pub uh, watching one of the games recently. Shock. And, uh, and it, <laughs> shock. And uh, there's a lad in there and he goes, Yeah, this Miggy runs like I've just given me kid half a bag of Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> He does, and maybe that's what Ed, that's what Howe's doing with him. Maybe just giving him a bag of Skittles before a game because he never stops running. He never stops running, never stops smiling. All the stuff was said about him before. I couldn't be more thrilled for him that it's finally clicking into place, but he's got the manager that's able to deliver that. So, yeah, well done, Miggy. Well deserved. I think that pretty much rounds up all the topics we had this week. I don't know if you guys had anything else to add. No, I think we've navigated what we needed to do. We could sit sit and talk about our season all day, really, but definitely no one would listen to that. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll probably round it up there. Obviously, we're going into the World Cup now. I think something Hodge and I had touched on when we last recorded was the, what was it, Hodge, the entertainers versus the current squad. Yeah. Having a little analysis of what the best 11 or the best combined 11 would be across those squads. We'll record that and get that released over the World Cup and maybe try and keep things going. So I think moving forward, we're probably going to aim to have probably a release every two weeks or so, lads. Is that what we said? I reckon so, yeah. Yeah. I'd say emphasis on try, try and do that, and try and keep our kind of frequency up and try and keep our keep you lot all entertained, but we'll see how we get on. Anyway, unless there's anything else, we'll wrap it up there. Nail in the coffin. Good luck to England at the World Cup, and let's hope we can uh, come back from the World Cup and carry on the the brilliant form that we've gone in into it. But that's it. Thanks very much for listening and we'll uh, we'll see you in the next one, like. See you later. Bye. Bye. Ooh, lads, you should have seen us the it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 
18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.